Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Tesco Technology. Yes, that Tesco. We are shining a spotlight on some of the folks that are making shopping at Tesco such a super easy experience and digging deeper into the tech innovations that goes on behind the scenes. In case you didn't know, technology and software is behind almost everything at Tesco. From smarter online ordering to more efficient delivery routes to faster and easier checkouts in store. Sometimes even no checkouts. The scale and impact of technology at Tesco is enormous, all fostered by a company culture of collaboration. And it's their tech teams behind it all, coming up with their own ideas and building that tech often from scratch. Now you can too. Help improve the daily lives of millions of people. For example, build software that allows for super fast 60-minute delivery of our milk and biscuits or a bespoke tool that lets surplus food from stores go to those in need in local communities. They're hiring now for a bunch of tech roles across all disciplines such as engineering, product, data analysis, UX, and a whole load more. Check out their open roles at tesco-careers.com. The link to explore their tech roles is in our show notes. Now, on to the show. Yo everyone, welcome back. Brand new Techish in the building. The new season continues. Subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's me, Michael Bahain, CEO of Pocket Jobs. And I'm joined with the amazing... Abadesi, CEO of Hustle Crew, providing inclusion education for the tech industry. Dope, dope, dope. All right, let's get it cracking. So I want to start with a story about fashion. Fashion. I wouldn't know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fashion is very interesting from like an entrepreneur perspective because it's like famously one of the most like high margin industries. I remember when I used to work at Amazon, like Amazon right. fashion was maybe after AWS, like our most profitable oh, seriously? Wow. Like stream. And I know that a lot of founders from underrepresented backgrounds, like often look to fashion as a place to innovate, right? Because yeah. maybe there's no fashion, you know, serves them. that serves them or the supply chain isn't ethical enough for them. So I thought it'd be really interesting to focus on Shein, this like fast fashion brand, posters all over the tubes here in London. And effectively like the expose that Channel 4 did in their documentary. So they found out that unfortunately, like many fast fashion brands, the conditions that the workers are in are absolutely shocking and atrocious. (laughs) Okay. So they're paid as little as 3p per garment, (gasps) working 18 hours a day, don't get any days off to produce things that lo and behold, only cost £1.49 here in the UK. It's about yeah. two bucks or maybe by the time you're listening, <laughs> 50 <bucks>. cents. <laughs> I was more like 50 cents. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. I must have put you wrong. So after all of this news has broke out, a lot of influencers are cutting ties with the brand. They don't want to be connected with it. But this is the thing about fast fashion, right? We love to say we don't like it, mm-hmm. but we continue to buy it. It's only a few years since that factory collapsed in Bangladesh. There was a fire in the factory. H&M caused like all of the brands under that parent company umbrella were manufactured there. Zara factories. And it does make me wonder, are we as consumers constantly lying to ourselves and to each other about what really matters? Or is it just that hard and that complicated to be an ethical consumer? I think you are right in the first instance, in the sense that we have stated preference and then we have real preferences. Mm. There's a conflict maybe in terms of different competing desires that you may have, but I think the desires that are putting the individual front and center, the desires that make you look good, the desires that will make you, to be frank, a more attractive partner or potential mate is Mm. the ones that are going to always win out. 
unfortunately. Yeah. I was being sarcastic throughout when you were describing the story. It shouldn't have probably been that bad. But when I say shock horror, I'm just like, who didn't know this though? Yeah. We knew this. Like, if you're paying £1.49 like, for a pair of on. jeans or whatever. And it's been made, you know it's been made in China. Yeah. Like, wake up and smell the coffee. Like, I yeah. just, you know, I don't want anyone to be like, I'm appalled and shocked. I mean, you yeah. could be appalled, but shocked is not the word that I would use. We all knew yeah, this. You lie basically. If you're yeah. Shocked. Yeah, exactly. Right. Whether that will even change anyone's behavior, I doubt it. Where I will give the consumer a leeway mm. is that. Let's not pretend that things are hunky-dory for the average middle-class, working-class person in the West in the sense that wages have been stagnant. So if I come to you now and say, listen, here's something that will make you feel nice. And actually, it's a lot cheaper than what you're used to paying. And your wages ain't what they used to be. If wages had stayed on pace with productivity, we'd all be earning two, three times as much as what we're earning now today, right? So I have sympathy for people in that sense who are like, I want to enjoy myself and I want to get something that's affordable, right? How do we square that circle? How do we fix the problem? I don't know. So I think part of the problem is also is that wages in the West are compared to where they should be and the Mm. standard of living is decreasing lower. So normal people are kind of looking to more extreme places for yeah. price cuts, right? And price cuts are much more attractive. So like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as simple as saying bad consumer, you're a bad person, don't do this, how dare you? Yeah. Because the reality is people, that desire will still be there to kind of purchase affordable goods. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and that desire to also provide those affordable goods will, will ever, ever increase because capitalism has that motive always. People are going to want to, you know, make money. So it's not an easy thing where we say bad people be more ethical. I think it's a combination of things yeah. where we have to basically, obviously vote in governments that will mm. help the average person. That's yeah. important. So people have more money in their pocket and they don't feel like they necessarily need to go and buy that level of fast fashion because the reality is I don't buy fast fashion because now I've, you know, to be frank, I've come up a bit in the world mm. and I don't necessarily need to get the cheapest thing ever. Mm. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So that is a part, it's not because I'm a more ethical person. It's just because I have more material control over my needs and I can get what I want to get a bit yeah. more than I once did when I was 18, 19 or even someone, you know, anyways, you get what I'm saying, I right? just feel like social media has validated fast fashion in a time where we should be vilifying fast fashion. Like, I think that, you know, if we want to take things like climate change seriously, if we want to take things like, you know, exploitation of workers and like, you know, other countries more seriously, then we need to recognize where we have the power to change that. And the only power we have is the consumer choices that we make. And I just think we have to recognize that like fast fashion is dangerous, like fast fashion is harmful. I don't think there's a safe, sustainable, ethical way to do fast fashion. So yeah, I don't really know what it looks like. I feel like people who are like vegan get like all up on their high horse about like, (laughs) you know, the impact that that decision has because they're not, yeah, taking me. I feel like people need to be anti-fast fashion and come up with like a cool movement or brand around that and identify as that so that, I don't know, like we just don't, make it as acceptable to be in fast fashion. Like it's a celebrity now, right? Everyone's got an Instagram page, a TikTok, a little bit of following and like living out their best life as if they've got their own, you know, following mm-hmm. the Kardashians star reality show. And I feel like that mindset is what's also allowed fast fashion to like breed and explode. Like I need a new outfit for Friday. I need a new outfit for my birthday. But you don't. Yeah, Like you really don't. I hear that. Because social media <laughs> does make it worse where like I empathize with women in the sense that this whole like, even a lot of guys are having it now where you can't be seen in the same outfit twice mm. me now i don't care you'll catch me wearing the same thing like <laughs> you know, two weeks. yeah i don't give a damn honestly like mm. but i know a lot of people that really irks them like they can't be seen wearing the same thing twice within a certain time frame right so i don't know what the solution is i think fashion rental by rotation yeah per. i guess so there's platforms where you can still have a different outfit all the time right. but just swapping yeah anyways we'll leave it that i ain't got the answers on that one so I heard you've been stripping in the metaverse. Who, me? Uh, <laughs> I've got to make some bread, you know. Listen, 
If in the real world no one wants to see this body, they're going to get it in the metaverse. I'll tell you that one right now. That's like, I'm just referencing some crazy story I saw about like people stripping in the metaverse as a viable career path. Do you know what? Let's unpack that in a future episode of Techish. The reason I wanted to talk about the metaverse is because it's being pushed very hard by yes. Facebook at the moment, or Fuck. I should say Meta, formerly known as Facebook. Ava Chen, you know, fashion editor at Instagram. I even saw that she was doing like, ooh, autumn winter trends with her metaverse avatar right. on her own Instagram page. So I was like, okay, some memo's gone out yeah, of course. <laughs> saying use the metaverse. 100%. We know that this is something, I mean, we, we covered it here on, on Techish about two years ago when, you know, Mark Zuckerberg did that announcement talking about the future of tech. You were very bullish about it. You read the full manifesto and said at the time that you thought that that was a credible version of the future. Two years later, it doesn't seem like everybody agrees. (laughs) doesn't seem like everybody agrees. You know, it's very exciting. You can have avatars in the metaverse. You can bring them onto Reels, this, that, and the other. They're doing everything they can to integrate it into existing platforms that people are already using and familiar with. But the uptake is just very, very slow. They've also got a new virtual reality headset that you can get for a mere 1499 US dollars. So, pricey. Yeah, just ask. <laughs> Since you're so bullish about the metaverse. <laughs> this is so fake. What is, is your so, stance is, on it now? Yeah, this is so I probably was not <laughs> bullish on the metaverse. What I said at the time was everyone should watch the video that he did. Yes. To see that this is obviously where the future is headed. I didn't say it was oh, a good okay, okay, so, I'm not so saying it was a good that, business strategy for Facebook. You said it's where the future's headed, so yeah. we're not in the future. No, but <laughs> <laughs> You can be right, but be too early. Okay. The point I'm going to make is, you get what I'm saying? I think he is right in terms of the long-term trajectory of where technology is going. Okay. Whether it's a viable strategy for Facebook in this year, in this day, mm. for their shareholders, for their stock price, I don't believe that is the case. Okay. And what I have seen so far, the only thing that seemed compelling to me is with the headset, I think it's called Quest. Mm. Essentially, you were able, and I saw Marcus Brownlee, the kind of tech influencer, do it, where basically you can have a laptop, you put on the headset, and now all of a sudden you've got four giant screens. You obviously see developers with like big screens. Like, yes. Now you don't need that anymore. Theoretically, you could go, you could be in your Starbucks yeah. and just have a giant, you know, four or five thing. And I think for developers, would a giant company like an Amazon say, if this makes our developers 3% more productive, 2% more productive, yeah. would we spend a thousand? Yeah, they would. 100%, you know. 100% they will. So you think Meta's going for Microsoft? So I think corporations will be much more likely to use these technologies and tools than the average consumer will. They will be oh. first if it is to work. Yeah. The consumer thing about we're all going to be in the matrix, this is nonsense. It's not going to happen for many, many, many years. Mm. Maybe through gaming. I mean, mm. gaming, some people argue that games are like the metaverse, like Roblox. These are actually like what you would call a metaverse. But yeah, I think it's far and away. And I think it might not work. He's pulling in billions and the return will not be immediate. It might be 10 years. It might be 15 years. Yeah. If he pulls it off, he might create some of the greatest value in corporate American history. But it's a hell of a gamble. Really big gamble. Uh, yeah, it's a hell of a gamble. And uh, one thing I'll give Zuck credit. What people don't remember actually is that Facebook, when the iPhone came out, it wasn't guaranteed that Facebook was going to make that pivot to mobile. A lot of people were doing apps, there was like apps like Path. Instagram came out. These are all separate, Foursquare. And people were like, oh my God, like desktop is dying basically. Yeah. And I think he had like an emergency meeting. It was like, we've got to do a giant pivot, all hands. We've got to pivot to mobile. And he pulled it off and he built like a super valuable company based primarily on mobile, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, for example. So if anyone could do it, I think he can do it. He's crazy enough and young enough to still pull off some, you know, nut stuff like this. But maybe it's one step How too far. How do you even get into the metaverse? You need the headset. This is ask me. I ain't involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two talk. boomers on a couch. Like, I ain't involved. What is the metaverse? <laughs> 
That's like I it's remember when door. I used to work at Amazon. I, I used to volunteer at this workshop for like elderly people that wanted like help with technology. Right, and I remember okay. this guy came in with his laptop and he was like, oh, can you please help me find a document that my daughter saved on the cloud? And he was like, where is the cloud? Oh, sure. <laughs> I was just like, that's deep, bro. <laughs> yeah, that is that's, deep. that's real that deep. That is deep. That is deep. Oh, sweet old man. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's currently listening to Techish. And if you love us so much, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app, ideally Apple Podcasts. They super help us grow the pod and share our message to the rest of the world. Or tweet us some love using hashtag Techish. It really helps the show out. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. So there is this brand that essentially gives away free spring water that is equivalent to like an Evian bottle or a top of the thing. And how they monetize is by having advertisements on the label, essentially. So now this video came out that was viral of an entrepreneur who is behind the product, giving it away to people on the street. And a dude comes up to him and I think he's an actor, but I couldn't tell when I first watched it. And he was like, what is this? And he's like, it's a water bottle. And he's like, how much? He's like, it's for free. What's wrong with it? So he's like, <laughs> and he, he starts breaking down the business model in an intense way, like hitting it with so many like objections. Yeah. This makes no sense. How do you make money? You look like a bum. How are you affording this? If you, are you making money? If you're not making <laughs> money, why are you dressed from? like this? And what I would say is, I don't know if it is real. That dude did more due diligence than half the VCs that you see in this game. Because he was breaking it down. He's like, he's like, how does this make sense? Well, make what's it make sense. What's wrong with it? Yeah, he's like, what's wrong with this thing? I'll have the clip maybe part of it. Free water? This water? It's water. It's natural spring water. What's, it's free. What's wrong with it? Nothing's wrong with it. We're a free beverage company called Free Water. The water's free because the packaging is the ad space. How do you get it for free and then give it away for free? Because we put ads on the bottle and that pays for everything. Who paid the spring to give them the water? Uh, we did. With we paid the, help, the spring. With the help of the advertisers. But I just found it interesting in terms of like, that was the most amount of due diligence I've ever seen on Twitter about any company ever. in the last ever. <laughs> right. Second point, if it is a fake video, like orchestrated by the company, it's ingenious. I can't lie. It's a very clever way to kind of get across your value. Yeah. And also what is the consumer thinking? The consumer is thinking those things. They're like, this makes no sense. There's something wrong with it. Like, how can it be free? So have someone voice what the consumer is thinking and then have you as the founder combat it and make it look like it is a man on the street just walking past, right? So I don't know. What would you do for Hustle Crew if someone was walking past? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be giving free water bottles away. I mean, I would probably be suspect like that guy because I'd be like, where's the water from? I don't want any yeah. of that like Dasani, Coca-Cola where it's branded water, basically. water where it's just yeah exactly yeah, I'll be yeah. like come on now I did just laugh because <laughs> I do think the VC world is so problematic and incredible <laughs> and I think it has a very effective asymmetry of information where it's able to project a version of itself that actually differs from like the way that it operates a lot of the time and when you yeah. talked about that like being more due diligence than you see most VCs I just laugh because you know the last couple of years have seen some crazy deals from like Clubhouse yeah. to hop in where you just you know people are just jumping on a bandwagon and trying to get in on, no thought, just like- on something so yeah I think the more interesting thing for me is around like was that person like real or not and I 
I see this increasing like part of the media where it's like faux reality. And I know we've always had scripted reality, reality fake reality, yeah. reality TV. I know that the word reality has had question well, quotation marks around it for some yeah. time. But it is really interesting how like even really short clips now, just like on social, are you just like, I always thought that with like the prank TikToks, like yes. ah, 90% are fake. You know what the ones more. I get? I get like the gold digger ones. Do you get those ones? Of course I don't. I'm a woman. <laughs> they know so you, the gold bro. Digger, this is the gold digger one that I see all the time. It'd be a dude, like a car, like a gas station or mm. fueling up his car, right? And then like an attractive woman will be like, he'll be trying to talk to her. I'd be like, oh, like I talk to you very pretty. And she's like, no, no, I have time. All right, anyways, okay, bye. And then he'll hop into some giant Lamborghini and then she'll be like, oh my God, is this your car? Uh, and this is like, Bruh. come on. And then he'll be like, oh, is it? Yeah, screw it. Just drive off basically, screw right? Screw. Yeah. And everyone'll be like, oh, sh-. I'm like, this is obviously fake, but even people yeah. in the comments are falling for it. Yeah. Like, so it's like, like, see, this is the problem I have with social media right now. It's like the algorithms are feeding off the worst of us in a way. The worst instincts of humanity. In the worst time, in the worst days. And it's just like, oh yeah, men are misogynist. Yeah, they know that women just after their money, they don't really care. It's like, let's put the content out. And it does make me sad. I feel like, you know, as a feminist, I get sad when like outdated gender roles and gender stereotypes like are continue to be yeah. perpetuated. It's like, please, world, new narratives, please, new narratives to drive progress. It's, it's scary because like, you know, age review, I'm 34. I can't imagine what this would do to like an 18 year old brain. Like when you're mm. seeing this type of stuff and it and believe you, it, you believe it, you know what I'm saying? Or at the very least, like, even if you think, oh, it's not real. Like your maybe your brain wiring is not strong enough to yeah. like resist the instincts that it, it brings mm. out in you. So the next time you're Absolutely. out, someone's like, "Oh, like why don't we get some drinks for those girls?" And you're like, "No, like yeah. because like you know you're hardwired now to like see people as Absolutely. like what do they want from me? They, they're trying to take from me basically, yeah. as, as opposed to like, these are individuals. You don't know them from Adam. Like be friendly, be nice. But anyways, yeah. That we'll idea that. of of a gold digger to me is incredibly problematic. It reinforces this idea that women are inferior to men, like in general. Therefore, men always have more money than women. And it also reinforces this idea that women need to objectify themselves to men in order to access some of that wealth that men have accrued. And here's a question I have for you, which I asked my husband last night. What is the female version of a gold digger? Is it meant to be a trick question where there's no answer? Or I'm, There I'm... is no version. <laughs> and I think that says it all. That says it all. What do you mean the female version of a gold as in what is a male gold digger yeah, to exactly. a woman so if oh, I'm okay. a rich lady now who's going to be gold digging on me right, right. like I'm a cishet Listen, woman I'm holler like Oprah all I'm saying <laughs> I'm Oprah, trying to say like holler at me <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny though that like men can just be like oh she's a gold digger and then as right. a woman I'm just like he's a he's a I think oh. men you might argue that men are using women for youth and beauty and that a man is being super shallow when he does that basically as opposed to seeing the person for what they are and that the equivalent for I'm just is the gold digger. The slur. I'm looking for the slur. Yeah, there is no slur. Well, there is no slur. Yeah, there we exactly. go. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a negative characteristic that exists, but the slur is not widely it's popularized. The slur it's normalized. That has the impact. Yeah, it's not normalized. It's yeah. normalized basically. Or the trope. Yeah. 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 So this is something that is interesting. So if you ever spend any time on TikTok, you will see what they call like the tech girlies. These are people who are like Girlies, that's so... Yeah, but that's what the article called it, it. right? That's what the article (laughs) called it. But what it is, is that, you know, people living their best life at Mm. at tech companies, day in the life type content, right? And it is helpful, I think, in the sense that it does inspire a lot of people who are like, yo, I I want this life. Like, how can I get into this industry? I now see myself in this industry where I once didn't. But apparently a lot of big tech is kind of anti it and kind of reprimanding their employees for doing so. Mm. So there was a woman, a black woman working at Apple who was a contractor. She was told off. I think her contract ended, so people weren't sure if she was fired because of it. But it was a bit up in the air. But I think she probably just had a contract come to an end naturally. But 
it's interesting because you would think big tech would love this. You're basically a recruitment yeah. for us, basically, right? You're, you're increasing our pipeline. But actually, there is such secrecy at these companies. Yeah. There was one incident where someone in one TikTok, a meeting was overheard so that you could hear a few words in the background mm. that the person was basically fired for it. Yeah. So is big tech being short sighted here? Mm. And it's just like, you're not realizing that actually these people are portraying a friendly face to your company, yeah. helping your pipeline, making you look good. But is that secrecy worth it? Perhaps it is. I don't know. It's really interesting because I think I completely get where you're coming from. And, you know, the tech industry still has such a bad representation problem across yeah. so many different like identity traits. It's like, y'all need all the help you can get. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the stakes are very high and we're living in a very foolish Facts. age of exposure. Facts. People are very foolish with what they're exposing right Facts. now. Yep. I'm still personally shocked at what people put into a globally public domain from, you know, personal facts about their life to photos of their young children. Like, to where they are at the moment. To where they are. And it's just whoa, this is so scary. So I feel that while that foolishness exists, while that like exposure exists, and also while there are so many people doing it, like some people would be like diary of my life mm -hmm. day to night. It, I'm sorry, if I was a CEO, I'd be like, yeah, lock that down. I'd be like, anytime you're putting sure. out content about the business, I want to know exactly where that's happening. Because I think, you know, the risk is so high. Like, let's say that meeting, for example, what if there was like, M&A conversation happening. Like mm -hmm. you could literally like lose a deal or or potentially you could get fined by a regulator if some of that information might be seen as like relating to Absolutely. you know no, sales right. or transactions or something like that. So I do think, you know, and this is me showing my age because I'm well, I'm 35. So I remember a time where work was work. Work wasn't also like my identity, my life, my platform to create and send a message. It was just like the job that I do. And like, because yeah, we're in this murky gray area now where people are like, I am an employee, but I'm also a creator. It's like, you still have to remember your responsibilities, your terms and conditions as an employee. Mm -hmm. And I do think these cases are examples of where people have basically just like broken those rules. And like, I'm not saying that maybe we shouldn't examine those rules and, and check them, but I you know, as a CEO myself, don't get me wrong, I'd be upset if something that I deem revealed. sensitive yeah. was revealed out of plan. Out of, yeah. No, that's a very good point, actually. I mean, thinking about it now, even on this podcast, you've worked at a lot of different places and actually you've never really revealed anything super duper, like, you know, secret and you've been quite careful. It's uh, the NDAs. Yeah, the NDAs. <laughs> the NDAs is real. <laughs> and you're right. Like, I mean, the stakes are high. I think that's what people are not realizing. The yeah. stakes are so high. Like, imagine if you're working at Meta and, you know, you reveal that it's some sort of competitive product that you're working on against Amazon, for example. Yeah. And these types of stuff, when they're revealed on like, you know, numbers day, they can lead to people's net worths being moved by like $10 billion, $20 billion. Like, mm. so you can imagine being Zach and you're like, my net worth yeah. is, is that going to go up by $20 billion or $50 billion. Yeah. So you lot best shut up and not say nothing. Cause like, you know, what we're working on here is of totally. the utmost importance here, basically to him. So you could also be confirming the suspicions of investigative journalists. Like there's a lot of interest in how algorithms work right now. And you're an engineer. We've both been on the other side of the table. We know that a lot of algorithms are still very much designed versus, you know, yeah artificial intelligence so i do think there's like also a bit of a risk that like a bit some of the in secret ingredients come out absolutely and yeah. once that comes out like if we were to find out that actually you know like taylor lorenz tried to expose tiktok's algorithm a lot of that is human choice as yes. to what gets promoted or not yeah. <laughs> and not artificial intelligence you can completely undermine a brand yep, everyone that's been this week's techish hit us up subscribe leave a review catch you next week Anything you want to add? Oh, yeah, at Techish Pod on Instagram, on Twitter, and leave a review. We'll be reading out our favorites pretty yeah, soon. Thank you. Bye.
Hey there. Thanks for listening to Techish. If you are looking for support in your inclusion journey at work, whether that's hiring or thinking about accessibility in design, maybe even thinking about how to make a greater impact in the communities you're connected with, why not partner with my company, Hustle Crew? We are on a mission to redistribute power and promote belonging and inclusion in companies all around the world through our inclusion education. Follow us on Hustle Crew Live on socials or head to hustlecrew.co. The link will be in the show notes.